this episode, we're going to talk about tools for facilitating and fostering space for dialogue. Now, this is kind of a uh, part two to the What is Dialogue episode. So if you haven't listened to that already, I encourage you to go back and listen to that one first. So in this episode, we're going to look at some very practical um, and thought out tools and strategies for facilitating dialogue and helping your group participate in dialogue a little easier and a little deeper. We're going to look through seven tools and strategies that I would encourage you to think about how you can employ in your group. The first one is that transitions are important. It's important to think of a dialogue as a story where you have these different chapters and you have these different acts, but in between them, you need to find ways to smoothly bridge them all together. Otherwise, each question you ask is going to sound like it's a separate thing and it doesn't belong. And the easiest way to do this is a simple formula that I call summarize and then create a bridge question. And this is just simply taking time at the end of a question to summarize what you've heard from the group, make it one cohesive thought. You know, I have heard everyone sharing this. It all seems like fear might be a part of this. And then using that summary to bridge to the next question. So it makes them feel like they've been heard, they've been understood, And now we're going one step deeper, and that's what this next question is going to do. It makes it feel natural and connected. So summarize, bridge question, and just think through your transitions between your questions beforehand. This is where pre-work really comes in handy. You've thought through how these questions connect on a larger scale, and you've also thought through how you can bridge the gaps between them. And ultimately, that's why knowing your transitions is so important that there are just gaps in the conversation that create space for discomfort and create space for people to feel like the flow stops. And all you're really trying to do with your transitions is shrink those gaps and make it feel like a more cohesive dialogue. The second tool is perhaps the most important tool for fostering good dialogue, and that is you as a leader need to practice active listening. And what active listening really is, is it's a form of listening that confirms for the other person that they are being heard. So it's about letting people know that they're heard and that you're building trust with them because you've actively heard what they're saying and that's what you're responding to. You're not just ignoring them and then saying what you want to say. You're hearing them, you're present with them, and they can tell by how you're engaging with them. And one of the most effective tools for doing this is called parroting, like the bird. And the bird, you know, repeats back to the owner what it hurts. It learns to repeat. You've all seen in the movies, Polly wants a cracker. And the idea of parroting is that as you are listening to a person, when you respond, the first thing you do is summarize back to them what they have said. So if someone is talking to you about one of their struggles with fear, You would say, I heard you say blank, and then you make the connection. So you've you've basically shown them by verbally repeating back to them in a summarized form what they've said. You have shown them that they've been heard. You've shown them that you were present. You've shown them that you've listened. And then that makes your connection stronger. So then you say, well, I relate to that. And then you talk about your own experience. So this parenting thing is one of the easiest strategies to do. And then it allows you to connect and go deeper from there. So once they feel that they've been heard effectively, and then you connect to them, they are going to follow you one step further, one step deeper into the conversation. Because it's about building trust. And it's about letting people know that when they engage, they are being heard. 
And I can't stress enough that you as the leader can grow better at active listening and then model it to your group. And when you do this, it will really help your group feel comfortable and more open because they trust that they are being heard and connected with on a deep level. And this leads in to the third strategy, and that is always be connecting people. You need to develop a mindset, literally to train yourself to be on the lookout for connections between people, stories, and experiences that are being shared in your group. Uh, sometimes I do something as simple as I keep my journal with me and I'll jot down small notes about bigger ideas that I've heard. And basically, when we talk about connecting people in dialogue, what we're always looking to do is to take the people in the group, take their ideas that they're sharing as if they are separate from everywhere else, as if they're fully unique, as if no one could really identify with it. And then we're connecting it to the larger theme of the dialogue. And when we do that, what people will start to do is they'll start to realize that they have things in common with the other people in the group, that even if their stories aren't the same, that the themes of their life or the bigger questions that they ask are actually very similar when we get into this larger conversation. And when they start feeling that connection, they will start engaging with each other more openly, they'll start empathizing with each other more deeply, and your group conversation or dialogue will grow deeper. And you really need to do this by thinking about how you connect people as individuals in the group, so it's active listening followed by connection, I heard Sally say blank, summarize what they said. That really reminds me what you said, Bob, when you talked about blank. What do you think about the connection between those ideas? You've just summarized, parroted, and connected two people. And then their conversation back and forth at that point will show the group something deeper. The other way is that you should always be looking to connect the whole group, like I said, back to the larger theme. So at the end of every question, I always try to summarize the bigger conversation that I've heard going on from the group. And then I use that to lead into my next question. The whole group suddenly starts to realize, oh, maybe we are in this together. Maybe there is overlap in our lives. Maybe I should listen a little more deeply because what's going on here is showing me how I connect to everyone else. The fourth strategy is that you should always be looking to keep things on topic. Dialogue is meant to be intentional. We are here for a purpose, and the group needs to believe that we're here for a purpose, or things start falling apart. You, you, the quickest way to lose trust with someone is if they come into this space that you tell them is about growth and intentional dialogue, and then it quickly devolves into a social hour, or it quickly gets off topic, and then you lose people because they're making time out of their day to do something that they believe is deeply important. And you need to honor that by keeping the group focused. So the first thing that you need to do is know the why of the meeting beforehand. You need to know why you're there. You need to know the point of the gathering. And then you need to model it yourself. That means setting the tone. That means taking it as seriously as you want other people to and modeling that in how you answer and direct the dialogue. It also means keeping the theme in front of people with each question. Keep bringing people back to the central idea, whether it's you know Christ on the cross or it's service or it's uh, vulnerability, that you're just drawing them back to that with each question. Once again, that goes to your transitions, that goes to how if you have thought through the larger dialogue at hand. It means making it clear up front that this is an important and intentional time for spiritual growth. 
And we're going to go into that later when we have the episode on setting expectations. Um, it also means directing people back to the conversation when it veers off. And this is very awkward sometimes because you feel like you're being a jerk by, you know, directing people back into um, the larger idea by pointing out that we're off topic. But it's critical. You cannot rely on your group members to do this. You as the leader need to take responsibility for bringing people back when you start straying off into different directions. The fifth strategy is to develop a sense for when to step in or step back. And I cannot encourage you enough to work on this, to think about it, to reflect on it after your group. The worst thing a growth group leader can do sometimes is to dominate a conversation or to not step in. It's a balance, but both of them can be just very damaging to a group conversation and dialogue. Sometimes you are needed. You have to step in and, and speak more because the conversation has gone off topic or it's stalled out. When it's stalled out, what you have to do is model what you're looking for by answering the question yourself. So if there's this silence that's coming over the group, you would answer the question in a way that personalizes and shows and models what it looks like to answer it, right? They aren't sure how to answer it. So you make it a little more personal by doing so yourself first. And then obviously you need to step in when things really veer off topic. And you, do, you need to not be afraid to be direct in this moment. They are trusting you as the leader to say, we are going a bit off topic. Let's table this conversation for after group and focus on why we're here today. And then there are other times where you really need to take a step back. You know, you can really kill a group when the, you are, as a leader, dominate the time that is given for everybody. When you talk over people, when you, when you talk too much, you need to always be entering your group time with a mindset of facilitation, not domination. And this means being a servant leader. You are there to serve the group, to help the group come together and have a bigger dialogue than they could alone. And that means that you are balancing constantly how you are either directing the conversation or how you're stepping back and letting the conversation flow between people. And always remember, if you model a behavior, it will often be copied by the members of your group. So don't do things like modeling side conversations, going off topic, not respecting others, and certainly not dominating. The sixth thing I would like to talk about is dealing with hard questions and silence. And this is one of the most uncomfortable times as a leader. When a question is met with crickets, right? You ask something and no one responds. Everyone's been there. So don't panic, it's normal. Now this usually happens for two reasons that I have found. The first is that it's a hard question. It's challenging, it's new to them, they've never thought of it before, or it's extremely vulnerable. In this case, silence is actually really good. You want people to sit with it. Let them work it in their mind. Let them wrap their heads around it. Let them be discomforted by the fact that it's challenging them. And don't rush to reword the question or to take that time of reflection away from them. However, if the silence continues, it might be that they either don't understand or they need someone to model it. So if they need someone to model it, be vulnerable first. Answer the question first. You've asked it. There's been silence. You just jump in. For me, it looks like this. And show them that it's okay to answer the question and be vulnerable. 
they also might not understand it. It might be complex, or they might not have never thought of it before. And in that case, you're also jumping in and answering it first, but it's because you're showing them how to answer the question. You're showing them what it looks like in a personal way to address this topic that they maybe don't understand fully. Now, the second reason is usually that the question is not understandable on a very real way, that no matter how much time you give it or how much modeling you do, they just don't understand what you're asking. And all, don't jump to this conclusion too quickly because what leaders can really do is get in danger of rewording it to the point that they only confuse it more. But if you've given it time to process, don't be afraid to ask people like if they understand. Don't be afraid to ask people if you need to reword it. And if they say yes, then just think about how to simplify it and refocus it and then ask it in a new way. And then I usually would encourage you to model the answer after you've rewarded it too. And the last strategy I would give you, number seven, is to encourage participation by encouraging it directly, repeating it often, and modeling it yourself. And I mean this like as clearly as possible. Do not be afraid to say directly that if you want, if someone in the group wants to connect to an idea, if they've heard something that moves them, encourage them directly to not wait to be called on. Just tell people that they can jump in. State that out loud as something you want to see the group do so people know that it's okay and they're not waiting on you. Say it often. The other thing that I would encourage you to repeat often out loud and clearly is that God has given every person in the room a perspective, a story, and a mind that only they have. And just encourage them, tell them over and over again that when you don't share it, when you don't engage, when you don't participate in the dialogue, that this group loses out on something that only you can give. And what you're really repeating is that every person in the group is needed and that their participation matters. Repeat that often. And then lastly, model the participation, the connection, the vulnerability, and the sharing yourself so that you show group leaders or your group members what it looks like and that it's okay to engage.